was nice. That was nice. Get on the curb. Get on the curb. Come on. Get on that curb. Oh, he left a little bit there. He left a little bit on that curb. Peter. Wah, 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 wah. Yo, 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 everyone. Welcome back. It is Mexico Formula One time. And this is a big one, guys. This is a big one. There's no doubt for Sergio Perez. Look, guys, this is just going to be... This is a big one for our boy here. Now, I'm not a huge Perez fan. I think nice guy. I think he could do well this weekend if Red Bull give him the equipment. Can he do it this weekend? I mean, I honestly reckon, guys, we're going to talk about a lot now. Quite a bit uh, quite a bit to get through today. So we're just going to have a look at the championship points here now in a second. We're going to see the, the, the battles between second and third and fourth. Believe me, because... This ain't over. Even though Verstappen's sewn up the championship, it's done deal. There's plenty of fighting to still go, guys. Believe you me, plenty of scrapping is going to be going on here to the end. And I'll tell you why in a few moments. Also, with Perez here, guys, <clears throat> I could see him winning this weekend. Now, he's been, as we call it, quote, all form. I still live and die by the sword here. I still do think Red Bull are slowing him down. All right, I really do. And it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense why the guy was so quick at the start of the year and all of a sudden he's gone. Now, people can argue with me right now. I know this from my own racing experience that, you see, some, some types of cars have different driving styles. So I'll give you two. One is the normal one, let's say option one, where you go into a corner you brake in a straight line, turn in, getting off the brakes, or just on the brakes still, carry the speed in and get the power on at the apex. Get the power on at the apex. Then you've got another driving style where you'll be braking in a straight line and as you're turning, you're using the throttle to feed the power on through the bend. That's a completely different driving style. So if you look at option one and two, you've got one, you're getting on the power at the middle of the bend, Option two is when you're getting on the power as you're turning in. Now, it can be a very, very weird feeling when you do it at the start. I had Formula 2000 cars in America and Canada I used to drive. Took a, maybe a practice day to get used to it, really, right? Because it, it is, it's a completely different driving style. I mean, it's kind of like, well, maybe I'm wrong on this one, but is it kind of like when a runner starts on his right foot, but now he's got to start in his left foot? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that for a fact if that's the case for runners. But I, I hope I'm giving you an idea. So my point is this. Perez knows the driving style of the car because he was he won a race at the start of the year. He was on the podium. He was, con he was a contender for the championship. And trust me, guys, if he didn't know how to drive the car, the driving style, he wouldn't have won any races because the driving style of the, the car wouldn't have changed. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't have changed. The car is just simply the car. Right? So, it, this is why a big question marks over Perez. Very big question marks. Now, if there's any time to help Perez as much as they can, this weekend in Mexico, it's his home race. He's going to be. There's no two ways about it. This guy is going to be pumped up. He'll feel a bit of pressure because he's the only Mexican out there and he's the only guy to 
potentially could win the race. So believe me, I mean, the guy's going to be like a god walking around the pit lane and this whole weekend. There'll be billboards up of him. There'll be, oh, just insanity. I mean, there'll probably be bottles of water named after him with his photo on them. You know, I mean, it's, it's going to be a madhouse in Mexico this weekend. And it's definitely going to be a very, very good spectacle. Definitely watch this, this Grand Prix. I think it's going to be full of surprises. I just have this dark feeling and a good feeling, really. And I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Because not only can there be good racing at Mexico, what also what you've got at the start, guys, which also can throw a spanner in the works. At the start line, it's way back from the first corner. So in other words, when they take off, there's a long, long straight that they've got to go down to into the first corner. So what that does for the drivers is it allows them to get a slipstream, a toe, down that straight and keep the power up. So let's say, let's just go with an example here, all right? Let's say Verstappen puts it on pole in Mexico. Now, let's say Perez is in third. In other words, he's right behind him in the, on the second row. What can happen... Now, again, guys, this is just an example. What can happen is, let's say Verstappen just doesn't quite get the best start, but Perez get, just gets an even little better start. I mean, it can be just minimal difference between their starts. But the thing is, even though Verstappen could potentially hold his position in normal tracks, because the, tra- the, the straight isn't that big, and let's say he still did do a good start. It just wasn't as good as the guy behind. They'll go down the straight in Mexico, Verstappen can just hold his position, but Perez can go right up on top of his ass and go, oh, thank you very much. I'm getting a nice slipstream down the back here, or down into the the, uh, the first corner. He'll just tuck it in right behind him until the last second and then snap out either left or on the outside or the inside. And boom, you can overtake in, in the first corner. So I think there's going to be quite a few surprises getting off that start line on Sunday, guys, which does, hey, it makes us, it makes us great and excite, exciting for us, guys. You know, it's, so it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to watch that start. Okay, so guys, let me just uh, share the screen with you now. And if you're listening on Spotify or uh, Apple Audio, don't worry, I'm going to, to guide you through what we're looking at here so you won't miss anything. So look, we'll just have a quick look at the points. Obviously, I know it's obvious Verstappen on 466, huge amount of points. He's obviously won the championship. It's all over. However, like I was saying here, guys, and I've said it in the last few uh, podcasts, I think, is that you've got Perez on 240 points. You've got Hamilton on 201. Now, okay, Perez has got a 39 gap lead. Now, that's that's a nice, comfortable gap going into the next four rounds. Now, some of you might be saying, well, you know, who cares, right? It's, it's finishing second. And most drivers would feel that way. I would feel that way. I mean, I never gave a shit when I finished second in a race or a championship or if I finished third. It was, it was, a, it was everything or nothing. But the nice thing about Formula One is that here's where the drivers can make a difference and help their team along the way. Because the higher up the teams finish, the more points they get the more revenue they get in their contract with Formula One. Therefore, as I was saying, um, I think it was a few episodes ago, it keeps the lights on, keeps the bills paid, right? It keeps the teams going, pays the bills, keeps pays the hotel bills, the, the travel costs, the, 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 the engineer, the mechanic bills, wages every week. 
You know, I mean, there's a lot of money that goes through Formula One, and um, I suppose sometimes people can forget that. So the drivers, it won't be, it's not the driver's dream mission here to finish second or third in the championship, you know, as, in your, as you're, you're a young kid. You're not growing up thinking about dreaming that you're going to finish second or third in the championship. You're dreaming about winning it. But I really do think, and I'm going to give 99% of the drivers here, a lot of them would like to do it for their team. Finish ahead of the guy who's just in front of the edge of the championship. Again, for those reasons, more revenue that comes in, the better it is for those teams to keep the, con- keep the cars going, keep the performance up, and so forth. So what you could have here is, okay, you've got Perez on 240, Hamilton on 201, Alonso 183, and Carlos Sainz on 171. Now, there's quite a bit of a gap between Perez and Hamilton, Alonso, Sainz, and Norris, right? But I'm looking at, really, Hamilton and Perez here. And the reason I'm looking at those two is because, okay, even though Perez has a 39-gap lead, I think Toto Wolf would love nothing more than to finish this year off by being the sandwich in between the two Red Bulls. So in other words, if Verstappen wins the championship, which he has, Hamilton finishes in second, and then Perez in third, because I do still think Red Bull would like to just finish this off a one-two. Okay, now, they have the Constructors' Championship done, they've got the Championship done, the Drivers' Championship done. It's not, a, it's not the end of the world for Red Bull if they don't do it, but they'd still like to do it, I, I think, at this stage. Right? Maybe I'm wrong. Now, again, maybe even just when I was saying at the start of the, the episode here, is that they haven't been, they haven't been really giving Perez the, the equipment here. So maybe I could be very, very wrong, but I still would like to think that Red Bull would like Perez to finish ahead of Hamilton. Just finish it off in nice and style, one and two, job done, bang, out the gap. I think for Toto Wolf, it's a big fucking deal if he can finish right ahead of Perez. Okay, uh, it's not the end of the world for him, certainly not. But it would just give it would give Christian Horner just that slight middle finger here. I think. Now, guys, I could be very wrong on that, but I don't think so. I don't think so. And more revenue that comes in for the teams. So, I think there could be a bit of a, an interesting debate, battles here between Hamilton and Perez. And I, I still think. Every single driver is going to be keep continuously pushing. Number one, it's their fucking job, so they should be. Number two, I think they're going to want to be team players to try and finish as high as they can for the team itself. And for, obviously, some of the drivers, they're going to just want to get more drivers' championship points for them. Uh, and maybe it boosts their wages, their their salary, uh, their their container, or the, you know, for, for the next year. So... This ain't over, guys. There's going to be plenty of racing in the next four races. Believe me. Now, let's go and check out and onboard with Ricardo here, guys. Now, we're going to do a pole lap here. And we're going to do a breakdown of the most important corners. So, you can see here, guys, before we start, right? Now, anybody that's listening on Spotify or Apple, we're going to be just two minutes, I'd say. So, if you want to fast forward, if it, uh, if this is... If you don't want to listen to it, just flash forward two minutes from now. But I'm definitely going to walk you through it, the whole thing anyway. So if you are listening on audio, that's no problem. So guys, here we go. Ricardo's coming out of the last bend here onto the main straight. You'll see how long this straight is here. 
Here we go. Look at this long straight. Jesus. Do you see what I mean, guys, before we continue? That's one hell of a straight. So remember, at the start and finish line for the race, there could be a lot of juggling around here positions and they're going to be spread over. It's a wide track. They're going to be spread out everywhere. We could see some big crashes here. We could see some good overtakes because there's plenty of straight to go down in the run into the first corner. So, okay, let's keep going. Now, these are very tight corners, very tricky corners because they almost kind of have that feeling of they fall back on top of you where you're on top of the corner. But let's keep going. Keep it in, keep it in. Power on, out. Again, a long enough straight. And again, it's kind of like this This section here, guys, is kind of like the, la the previous section here, where it's a tricky track because they are tight corners, but when you come out of them, you're trying to get the throttle down, but the, 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 the corners just, they just don't open up for you. So you have to still keep it tight pretty much until your steering wheel is straight. So, you know, it's, um, it can be tricky, but let's keep going. Now he's got to keep it in. And see what I mean, guys? Like, he's trying to get on the power coming out of this bend here, but he, the, the corner actually comes back in on top of him to a degree. So, again, grip is going to be crucial around here, especially mechanical grip. Now, before we get up to the... We're going up to the most important part of the, the track here, guys. Those S-bends here, those really tight sort of chicane hairpin corners, right? Mechanical grip is going to matter a lot because aerodynamics would work if they were at high speed, but they're not. So this all comes down to their mechanical grip. Now, here is the next part of the, the track. This is the most important, these S-bends. You've got to have good transition in the car, right? Direction change. You've got to have a well-balanced car. And also, you've got to have good aerodynamic grips, grip as well. Because not only do you need aerodynamic grip, you need the, the mechanical grip for the slow bends. So this this track is quite technical guys and girls let's keep going okay here we go here we go into the s-bends this is the most important part he's got to keep the momentum up now going through here that was nice that was nice get on the curb get on the curb come on get on that curb oh he left a little bit there he left a little bit on that curb that was nice it was not a bad run though he did get pulled for this now, again, we're into just this complex here where, again, tight corners and you're back to relying on mechanical grip. Go, keep the speed, keep the speed. Very dusty around that last bit of that, guys. Unbelievable. Now, that was a pole for Ricardo. Now, let me, I'm just going to do this one more thing, guys. Go back to the S-Bends for just one minute, all right? And I just want to show you how... Uh, how important and why they're important. Now he's coming out of these tight corners. Here we go into the S's, right? He's got to keep the speed up. I think he's in fifth or sixth. We'll just double check now. But keep that momentum because once you're going into this left-hander here, keep that speed and then it has to carry through to the next corner, which is the right and then a left and then a right again. Here we go. 
Keep the speed, keep the speed. That's it, that's it. Now the car's hitting the deck here. Did you hear that? It's going, okay. That's the car hitting the ground. Now, he's obviously got quite a bit of mechanical grip and aerodynamic grip on here. It's hitting the ground. And this, this corner seems to be a very smooth one. Now, if he scrubs off any speed going through here, he's going to lose about two tenths of a lap, which is huge. Keep the speed, keep the speed. He does leave a little bit. He does leave a little bit there, guys, on the shelf here. He... It, that wasn't um, that wasn't the best lap. Now I have to say, uh, he did on that left hander coming out. He didn't just let it drift out just that little bit. Now I can understand that though because this track is so goddamn tight that I would look. It looks like that even if he did go a little bit too wide, the track is quite dusty and he could have just well blown it and gone off the track. So it's a very very tricky track, guys. Very tricky track which is great because it's going to give us some good stuff to watch this weekend as well can't wait for this it's gonna be so exciting um okay so guys that's the lap of the track now in general any news now okay here we go with the hamilton and leclerc were disqualified they're going to give us the explanation now we did go through to my previous episode but i want to see if they delve into it a little bit more uh okay let's have a look there so they're saying here, guys, a physical floor and plank wear inspection, which they choose to carry out on four cars, Hamilton, Leclerc, Verstappen, and Lando Norris. Now, the plank, also known as the skid block, uh, one second, guys, let me just uh, share my screen with you here. Also known as the skid block was a part introduced in Formula One in 94 to ensure cars weren't run too close to the ground. Now... Under two hours after Hamilton and Leclerc take the checkered flag, Bauer noted in a message to the stewards that he found Hamilton and Leclerc's skid blocks to be not in compliance with the rules. Okay, so are they going to give us any more detail? What rule did they break? Okay. Okay, so the thickness of the plank. Now, we, we did go through this in my previous episode, guys. The, the reaction to... Uh, sorry, F1 News Talk a few days ago. But uh, we'll go through it again here. The thickness of the plank assembly measured normal to lower surface must be 10 mil to 0.2 mil plus or minus 0.2 mil and must be uniform when new. Okay. A minimum thickness of 9 millimeters will be accepted due to wear. And conformity to this provision will be checked at the peripheries of the designated holes. Essentially, teams are given one millimeter grace for the plank to wear down during running once the car has entered Park Fermi, with any more wear that deemed a breach of rules. Okay, so guys, what they're saying here is that because there's wear and tear on the cars, right? So if your car is hitting the deck, hitting the floor as you're going around, which happens all the time, there's obviously going to be scrapes, right? Makes sense, okay? So it's kind of like a skateboard, you know, crashing off steps when you're trying to jump them or whatever. And it's just wearing the, the board itself down. Same thing here. So it's the same thing. It's, it's just wearing that deck down. So they give them a little bit of grace, right, to, a, to a, a, accommodate that. But the problem is, this went down too much, I think. Isn't that what they're saying here? It went down too... Yeah, it did. It went down too much. So, yeah, guys. Uh, I don't know why they would have had this. I mean, if Leclerc had it, 
Carla Science would have had it. Now, they did say, though, let me just double check. Uh, did they say... And Leclerc's team at Carla Science... Okay, so they did only check, all right. Uh, who did they say they checked? I'm just getting to see, they, they brought in a few cars, four cars, right? So, they checked Leclerc, Ferrari, they checked Hamilton, and Verstappen, and Lando Norris. So, okay. See, what's interesting here is why they didn't check Carlos Sainz then after Leclerc. Now, okay, you can say, well, look, it's just an anonymous four people out of a race, which they do that sometimes, guys, right? They'll just go, okay, we're going to pick this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. All right? Now, at the same time, sometimes they can decide to pull in the teammate too. Now, why didn't they do that? You know? Because if there was a good chance Leclerc is breaking the rules, as they're saying, then Carlos Sainz was probably breaking the rules too. And if Hamilton was the same, well, then George Russell was the same too. Now, sometimes they st they stand by what they say. In other words, look, no, we're only picking four today. We're only going to pick those four. Fair enough. Fair enough. But <laughs> it's pretty obvious if Hamilton or Leclerc is going to be illegal, technically, as they're saying, well, then the other two boys, there's a really good chance they're illegal too. So anyway. But they didn't check them, so... Or not that they're saying here. Uh, okay, any other news, guys? I don't think we have much more news here at the moment. I think we've got pretty much all the... Uh, I think we've got pretty much all the... The uh, the updates we have for this year. Most of them are working on the, the 2024 cars. Now, we'll just check what Alonso's saying here. Alonso admits United States GP retirement hurts after tremendous recovery from Aston Martin. Would you call it a tremendous recovery? He was left wondering what could have been after its impressive recovery drive from a pit lane start at the US Grand Prix was cut short by a mechanical issue. The weekend had proved challenging uh, in Q, eliminated in Q1. His teammate been eliminated in Q1 on Friday. Uh, let's see, what did he say here? It was a tremendous race from Aston Martin today. I started from the pit lane and we probably could have finished in the points, P8, P9. That was the target for the final stint. We felt faster than in the previous sessions this weekend here in Austin, so we have to learn. We did a lot of tests in the car between the sprint and the race, and both cars had different configuration as well. So we had to put all that data on the table and get to Mexico more prepared and with the best configuration possible. You know, guys, we're, we're going to round up the... Uh, the uh, the, the preview here today, but what is going on with Fernando Fernando Alonso here, huh? What is going on with Alonso? I had such high hopes for him that, at the start of this year. You know, they podiums, they were challenging. When you say challenging, that was that's its soft way of saying they were close enough to pole without getting pole. They were looking pretty good at the start of the year here. And what happened? Other teams updated their cars. I mean, th literally, that's what that's what's happened. And with their updates they've put on, they just haven't made the they just haven't made the improvements that other people have found. You know, I mean, it, look look at McLaren. I mean, they were at the back of the grid to midfield all the way through this year, up until Silverstone, and boom, 
they come out of absolutely nowhere. They're challenging for second and third and you could say perhaps a race win. I mean, that, that just shows you guys that, you know, what can potentially happen with upgrades. It doesn't happen much with the upgrades with McLaren because you, you can maybe gain a tenth or two. But I mean, Jesus, McLaren gained... Well, actually, I don't know how much exactly, but they probably gained like a second, which is insanity amount of time. It might sound like much, but that's unbelievable. It's, it's rarely heard of. It really is. It's rarely heard of that such a team makes such a huge leap and bound in one year, <laughs> within one race, you know, like one race, one race. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going on here. But, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it is McLaren, and hats off to them. They, they've done an unbelievable job to get the car where it is now. They're still struggling in slower tracks, slow, medium-speed tracks. They're, they're brilliant on high-speed tracks, but unfortunately, we are running out of high-speed tracks. So, can they get on the podium again? We'll have to wait and see. And can Alonso get on the podium again? That one is a big, big question mark, ladies and gentlemen. A very big question mark. And, you know, I'm a fan of his, and I'd love to see him up there, but it's not looking great for Alonso. And, hey, hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. So, guys, before we go, before we go, predictions this weekend. All right, well, I never get my predictions right, do I? <coughs> I'm sorry, guys, excuse me. You know, normally I would say Verstappen. But you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here on this one. I'm going to go wild on this one. And I probably am very wrong. I'm going to go Perez this weekend. The home hero, Red Bull, will up their game for him. Hopefully, for all you Perez fans as well. And if he gets the car, it's over. It's all over. Now, he's still got to drive the car, of course. I'm going to go Perez qualifying I don't know I I'm not I'm not even going to try and predict qualifying I'm going to just predict the race I'm going to go Perez number 1 for Stappen 2 and I'm going to go with Hamilton in 3 Yeah I think Mercedes now that's a big question mark too will they have any type of handling grip around Mexico this weekend with their new upgrade <coughs> Excuse me but it's hard to know. Can they do it? Well, it is Mercedes. They're fantastic. Let's see, huh? Let's see what happens. That's what I'm going to go with. Perez, number one. Verstappen, two. Hamilton, three. So, guys, I will be back on Sunday night. Uh, or Monday morning, should I say. Uh, because it's it's a 8 o'clock start our time in Europe here in London. So any of my American-Canadian listeners... What's that for you guys? Uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, three, maybe 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Australia, New Zealand. I'm not sure how many hours you guys are ahead of me. You could be another 10 hours ahead of me. So whew, it's probably Monday morning for ye, I'd say. Uh, but don't quote me on that. So guys, yeah, we'll be back Monday morning. It'll be a late reaction when I record the podcast. Uh, but I always, always try and get to you first thing on Monday mornings so uh, we can keep it all current and up-to-date for you. So, guys, thanks for listening. Talk to you later.
Peter. Wah, 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 wah.